0: Welcome to another episode of the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We are going through First Kings. Yes. And we're going to start on chapter three today.
1: That's right. Just barely getting started still. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm really enjoying this study. I love the narrative studies. Oh man, um, me too. The problem me is too. that I'm always after we finish. I say we can even talk about
1: yeah whatever. Yes, sir
0: but we just can't we're not going to be, be able to touch everything no. but I deal. hope that y'all are enjoying this right. and yeah. if you are tell your friends and family and,
1: uh, yeah feel free to share it on yeah. social media whatever it is uh, that you use and we would love that Look for others to hear just to be exposed to more more of God's word is fantastic so we appreciate all that you do for us in that way and any prayers that you can offer up for the ministry we will fully endorse and accept. Uh, We really, really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So, um, anything we need to say before we get started? I
1: think we're, I think we're pretty ready to go. Okay. So we can just
0: read, what do you say?
1: Let's just start with 1 through 15. I think that would be the best way to start. See how far we get? Yeah.
0: All right. I'll read that. Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had finished building his own house in the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people were sacrificing at the high places, however, because no house had yet been built for for the name of the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David, his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, hmm. Two pages. <laughs> um, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness in righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, and God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes, and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem, and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. All
1: right. Wow, well, here we go. This um now we've reached this passage where solomon's asking for wisdom so we're talking about that a little bit and how he's starting out his reign and it's a really good thing to see in some ways what's happening here but before we get to that we're actually in 3 1 and we see something there that gives us a little bit of pause right as we start this section and it's given scholars a lot of pause mm-hmm. given people a lot of pause throughout the hour how, do we, how are we supposed to read this so
0: one thing i wonder if it's chronologically Correct that he did this before he asked for wisdom.
1: Right, we don't know. We don't know exactly what chronologically happened. Mm-hmm. We only know the way the, the way that it's written mm-hmm. on the page. Because
0: I want to say, well, he did this before he was wise.
1: <laughs> right, some people would want to say that actually, and they would want to make that case that even because it's written on the page that way, even if it didn't right. happen chronologically, because it's written on the page, we should see it as an unwise thing that he made a choice mm-hmm. for that before. He asked for wisdom, I'm not convinced that's what mm-hmm. it is. But I don't think there's a. It's going to be very hard to get to the bottom. To make of this a one. case it's either be way, a thorny issue to make certain of. Um, the problem that we have is it says Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now that word marriage alliance is used in Deuteronomy, um, and I don't have that reference here. Although mm-hmm. I know you do I have it close that. by. That word "marriage alliance" is used in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy seventeen sixteen.
0: Seventeen sixteen. No, 16?
1: Wait, wait, Is that right? Okay, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a second. but wherever uh, it no, is, no, Deuteronomy
0: seven three.
1: Okay, seven three. It gets used, and it's obviously a bad thing. People should not be in these marriage alliances with foreigners, right? Because they could It's wind translated up intermarry in Deuteronomy, right? Okay, in the ESV. Yes, translated in a different way, not as marriage alliance, but as intermarrying. Well, same word in Hebrew. It only gets used in Kings right here. This is the only place it gets used in Kings. Mm -hmm. What we have here, though, even though we have him marrying Pharaoh's daughter and bringing her into the city of David...
0: And there's we're nothing in the text telling us that it's thing. a bad thing
1: that's right we're hoping that's a positive thing bring her into the city of david he's incorporating her into god's people right. as it were that's okay. what's happening by marriage she's been being incorporated into god's people former captors so is it a bad thing that they're making a, a marriage alliance with a former captor or is this a signal of the way this new kingdom works Right. That the new kingdom comes with grace and peace between people, former slaves uh, to former captors, that even there can be peace. Right. There can be a covenant.
0: And as we've talked about, them. looking at this topologically, mm-hmm. um, yep. incorporating the Gentiles
1: into former enemies. <laughs> yep, into the new kingdom, into the kingdom of peace that has been the bride begun, the bride of mm-hmm. Christ. God's as it were. people. So. Yep yep and so we have to ask these are both really good questions another thing that comes from becomes problematic for us in trying to figure this out especially if we want to lean on the negative side of that is that in chapter 3 verse 3 just one more verse down or two more verses i'm sorry down we find that solomon loved the lord walking in the statutes of david his father only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places, which we know there is no temple right now. Right. And he is sacrificing. He's sacrificing Yahweh, apparently, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. He loves the Lord. He loves the Lord, and he walks in the statutes of David, his father. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. That's what we want Solomon right. to do. That's a very positive thing. There's only two uses of the word love throughout this entire text of of Kings, 1st and 2nd Kings, only two uses of the word love. One of them's here, and the other one is chapter 11, verse 1. And so, uh, whenever we see that, then, we've got to take that into consideration, because... Here he loves the Lord, and over there we're going to see that he learned to love other gods because of his bad marriages. Right. Because of his So, marriages Something dolls, between chapter 3 and chapter
0: 11. Major it things happens to his happen hearts. to his heart. His, yeah. his love has turned. Yeah. So is this the beginning? Like, did he love the Lord, and then because he's married this foreign woman?
1: Yeah, does this start down a path right. of leading him astray? Or am I to see that here, look at Solomon? He loves the Lord, he's walking in his statutes, yes, he marries the daughter of the of uh, Pharaoh, and yet It's not a bad thing. He's actually trying to expand the kingdom. The very thing that God has wanted and talked about that the the nations would be incorporated into the promise and into the blessing um, is happening here in this kingdom of peace. And we should see the beginnings of Solomon here in a very good light because we're gonna see lots of good things about Solomon here in the beginning. We're only gonna, in my opinion, we don't start seeing the negative things until we get to chapter nine.
0: Right.
1: And, and that's right after Solomon's long prayer of dedication of the temple in chapter 8. And only then do we start seeing some some
0: uh right. this bad potential coming. This chapter seems very positive.
1: Right. The entire except chapter, for that except first for part where we're kind of like, on the high is that
0: good or not? Right. Um, that he married this woman, made an alliance with
1: alliance Pharaoh. With her. Yeah.
0: Married a foreign wife. And... Yeah. That he's sacrificing exactly. on high places. Right. Yeah, you know, it sounds like they don't have a choice.
1: Right. They, I mean, there's, uh, as has been stated by commentators, there's, there would be no bigger high place to make your sacrifices than Gibeon. Gideon is the, yeah. it's the great high place. It's the big high right. place. Um, largest amount of area. Well, Solomon goes up there and says, And done so sacrifices a thousand burnt offerings at a time. Verse 4. If that's what that means, a thousand bird offerings right. on the altar. Well, there aren't that many high places that could even begin to <laughs> accommodate Solomon at the king in all of his. If he's having one of his really big ceremonies with all of his sacrifices and everything that he's doing, Gibeon would be a place to go. And maybe he's just being expedient about this. I mean, it's a very hard. This well, not the easy. There wasn't a, a temple, so. so. And God's about to meet him here and tell him that he is doing well. Right. So... Tell
0: me what you want. What you Yeah. Do, what, would you, what would you like to ask for?
1: Yes, it's going to please the Lord, how Solomon talks to him. Mm-hmm. Um, we told in verse 10, it pleased the Lord, mm-hmm. um, because Solomon asks what he asks. And what does he ask? Well, he asks for wisdom. He asks for understanding. Give me, you know, this understanding mind. Uh, kind of an unfortunate translation in verse 9 yeah. um, in the ESV because it literally says a hearing heart there. a
0: hearing Solomon heart I like
1: that. hearing heart um, a heart that hears he says he's just nothing but a little child
0: yes very humble in verse
1: 7 I don't, yeah.
0: I think he's just saying man I don't even know what I'm doing yes I'm, I'm just I a person and yep I'm stumbling along here trying to figure this out Yeah, and I need your wisdom
1: mm-hmm Right. We actually we actually know that Solomon has a son already because we're told when Solomon's son uh, Rehoboam takes the throne later on that he's 41 when he took the throne. Solomon's reign is 40 years long oh
0: okay definitely. so
1: he already has a son at the beginning of his reign
0: he's not we a little that. child we know
1: that right so he's not a little child
0: but he feels
1: but he feels
0: I understand that
1: yep you know yep absolutely sometimes you can just you're in a situation you feel like how could I possibly know what to do here I am mm-hmm. so weak uh, I can't I don't have any skills for this
0: even uh, at yeah. my age there's times when I feel like a little child I don't understand what, what I'm supposed to do yep so
1: yep Correct, and uh, and so that's how he's feeling. He's putting that out there. He's saying, "I don't know what to do. How am I supposed to know what to do? I, I I feel so small. I need your help and make it so that I can discern between good and evil." Oh, that's an interesting little Garden of Eden reference right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Discernment between good on the one hand and evil on the other. What's the best way to go about this? Well, we've heard those words used before. The choosing between good and evil. Uh, making choice we've been hearing those ever mm-hmm. since the beginning of Genesis. So so this is an opportunity for Solomon to right wrongs as it were, to get God's people started on the right foot to choose what's good and refrain from what's evil, um, to be a second Adam as it were, which it seems that that's what he's being painted as. Uh, as we go on and we watch what happens to Solomon, we'll we'll have some instances where we'll go, oh, This does sound very Eden like. Um, It's as if Solomon's part here,
0: it seems, is that he didn't just reach out and take it. Mm -hmm. He actually humbly asked the Lord for this. This is
1: exactly right, yes.
0: So he was going.
1: So he's operating, already operating in a more positive sense than Mm -hmm. Adam did early on, yes. And that's what we're supposed to see. I think you're exactly right. That's what we're seeing here is what we wish we would have seen in Adam from early on. We're seeing uh, a desire to just lay it all down before Yahweh. Yahweh, I need your help. uh, You have to show me. I want you to be in control. So, really, really good. Because Adam had been
0: given dominion
1: Mm -hmm. over. Yep. He had dominion over a great kingdom, as it were, a great uh, all living thing. Mm-hmm. Area that God had put and him in so, charge of, he had to you
0: know, He yeah. probably was wanting wisdom, and when he this fruit is here, and this serpent saying, you know, yep. that yeah, that makes this sense is to my me. But eyes will be open. But he could have, because we know he was walking with the Lord in the garden mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. so he could have asked he him. He had op-
1: ample opportunity to be, yeah, you know, to be talking to God and learning from Him, and God had already told him, "Don't eat that fruit." So he knew not to do it. Um, but he chose to do it anyway. So Solomon, though, is coming straight to God. You, you, you are the one who has to make me hear you. Give me a hearing heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a big, big deal. Uh, Then we go on there, and it pleases the Lord. Solomon's heart, Solomon's will, Solomon's question uh, pleases God that Solomon asks this. And God says to him, Because you've asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what's right, behold, I now do according to your word. I'll give you a wise and discerning mind so that none none like you has been before you and none like you shall rise after you. And then he's also going to give him what he didn't ask for because he asked for that wise Mm -hmm. heart. And so we are are seeing nothing but positive signs here. This is a very positive moment in Solomon's early reign. He wants to get all that he needs from Yahweh to be able to reign over this people. Yahweh's very pleased with him for making this request and is promising great blessings to him for it.
0: If, if he will walk in his ways. That's right, it's
1: still conditional. There's still a condition. That's right. Don't miss the if there. Um, it's a big deal. So God God does want to make sure he understands. Verse 14, if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So still conditional. Yeah, I'm really glad you pointed that out. Because this is just setting our tone for all the way through Kings everything in kings is revolving around whether or not these kings are being faithful to the covenant if they are good for it's good for israel it's good for god's people if they are not it's going to go bad for both the king and god's people as goes the king so goes the people and uh, and so yeah this is a this is a giant moment but we're seeing solomon's really really I just want to emphasize that it seems to be starting out on a good foot here. Right. It just seems like things are going well. So here,
0: whatever like that should. first part, we can. Yeah, can, you can still
1: go either way with it. Right. You, you we really don't
0: know. It. And the text doesn't really explicitly tell us, is this good or is this bad? Right. But we know that God is pleased with him at this point. That's right. That's the main thing. Yeah. And that he seems, he loves the Lord mm-hmm. and yes. he wants to please him That's he right. wants to do the right thing at this point
1: yes and all of this has come to Solomon in a dream because mm-hmm. we can see him waking up in verse 15 mm-hmm. and then it says that he went to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord which is which are words that are used in Deuteronomy 10 8 to talk about mm-hmm. what Levites do Yeah.
0: So like but here's Solomon doing it yeah.
1: yeah the priests are doing this but here's Solomon a Judaite Doing it from the tribe of judah he's yeah. a king from the tribe of judah who's standing before stood before the ark of the covenant of the lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants and there's no sign that this is a bad thing for him to do sounds very much like this is fine very good god approves so david and solomon are the only kings that, that did ever did that kind They're of they really get to act in priestly stead and it's fine until we see jesus. Gonna, yeah until we're going to see jesus come and just knock down those walls and then we get to be part of a royal priesthood through him um and so in that way again typology is coming into play mm-hmm. we can hear all of this how typology is coming into play if the church will if god's leadership the leadership god has chosen for his people after who've been empowered by his spirit to carry on Jesus' reign in the world as Jesus reigns through us mm-hmm. we'll go and ask for the wisdom we need from Him right. and He will provide that for us right. He wants to provide that for us if we'll walk in His ways keep His statutes, listen to what He says and really be faithful in our hearts to Him, have hearing hearts that we we're asking Him for that God give us that and then we do we listen, we pay attention Great blessings will come. There'll be great blessings. Blessings in, on the church of, yes, monetary wealth, not for individuals. I'm not talking about some kind of, you know, but there'll be what's needed. All the needs will be cared for. People will be taken care of. Everything God will take care of us in for. every way
0: if we're yes, asking
1: for Not just money, but in every way. Wisdom. He'll be there for us if we're asking for Him. Hearing yeah, hearts. His wisdom. I really love that. Yeah,
0: that's what we want. We're that's what we should always be desiring. Yes above everything else
1: so this is a lesson for first of all early disciples and apostles as they're like how do we do this how do we jesus is god how are we going to keep building this thing jesus said hey that whole book's about me and then they come to a place like this and they're like oh wait a kingdom of peace is being started hey look what solomon does look what the one who's been put in charge instead of his father in -hmm. the stead of his father after his father died and he was given authority by him to rule, felt like a little child, he goes and starts asking for wisdom from God. Mm. And God comes and grants that wisdom. I mean, the Holy Spirit has given them so that they will be able to be, so that they will be taught all things. That's what Jesus says. He will come and he will teach you all things. Well, what's he going to teach from? What are you going to teach from this? What they've always known to be God's way.
0: It seems really interesting that he does say, I am but a little child so he's coming as a child and Jesus says that we need to be like children mm-hmm. yes we're and I like think so. in this very way that's right like we're that's, totally that's coming to him in humility and Who am I in and realizing our place yep. and that we don't even know what we're doing yeah really we need God's help we yeah. need to be totally dependent on him and I think that's what Solomon is really saying here
1: great yeah who am I that I should do this? This is too big for me. You've got to help me, Lord. You've got to help me. So I, I totally see that. I think that's what's happening here. And I just, I absolutely love uh, love the way this sets us up for as a church, really, where we're, we should read this and see ourselves. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how we have to live before God. Constantly asking for his wisdom, living in humility. Yep. I think you're right. Man, I think that's it.
0: Well, the next part of this may be too long for us to that's finish today. That's what I'm
1: thinking, yeah. So
0: we may just... So uh, let's
1: save it yeah. for next time. Yeah. And uh, It and certainly
0: we, goes along with what we've been talking about, yeah, of it's course, gonna, because it's our example of Solomon having this wisdom. The
1: application of this wisdom. And we're going to see a couple more examples, but nothing like where he judges an actual event. Something that's happened between two people. He's going to make a judgment. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a really wise judgment. We're going to have to take a look at that and see what that is. But it's an extremely significant moment. So, yes, we'll look at that next time. Just think about this. Keep thinking about it topologically as you're reading the Kings. And really think, okay.
0: How we as individuals, but also as corporate. As a corporate
1: entity before God.
0: Should be asking for hearing hearts that's right seeking after that yes above all of us
1: yes absolutely we're gonna look at that it's gonna be this is gonna be really good folks it's gonna keep getting better and better i just can't even express enough how good the things are that are coming but um, I think you'll get it more and more as we keep going here. This is Jesus's story. This is we are reading. What well, we're reading when we're reading Kings in so many ways. We're reading the Book of Acts. Um, we're right. reading as the church continues uh, to go in both the good and the bad. I mean, it's a this is a very mixed bag as God's people mm-hmm. try and live out. A kingdom. Have you read any church There's history? Been, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It sounds so. Brilliant. This is the real stuff. So, thanks for sharing. Thanks for giving us some time and just paying attention a little bit. And um, we'll just pray for all of y'all. And thank you for any prayers you can lift up for us. We will look forward to talking to you again in a few days as we move into the second half of 1 Kings chapter 3. God bless everyone.